0: I am glad everyone joined me today for our podcast, and we think it's important for us to be here with stories of hope for our listeners, so thanks for joining. As we hear stories of female food entrepreneurs, this is Sarah Massoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center in Portland, Oregon. Sarah Marshall's at home in her kitchen trying to get a piece of equipment fixed, and this is the only time that the service guy could show up. So hi, Sarah Marshall. We want to thank our sponsor, Market of Choice, for supporting this podcast, Masonia Marshall, and thank you for helping spread the word about women food entrepreneurs. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of food, local food entrepreneurs, so much so that we carry more than 7,000 locally made, raised, farmed, and harvested foods in our stores. Our passion is to help local makers, farmers, ranchers, and fisher folk realize their potential through programs that help them succeed. Thank you, Market of Choice. We really do love you. Oh, I have some food news today. If you're a food entrepreneur, be sure to look up your regional food business center. There are 12 across the U.S. with a mission to connect underserved food folks with their technical assistance and funding to help take their food businesses to the next level. I also suggest you connect with your State Department of Agriculture to learn about funding they may have to help you move your food idea forward. I'd like to also make a shout out to my friends in Minnesota for winning ribbons at the Minnesota State Fair for their food product entries. And I'd like to suggest to all of you food entrepreneurs out there that whenever you can enter your food product in a local or regional food competition, I'm in full favor of it. You'll get great feedback and learn something from the judges, and it may also help you sell your product. If any of our food friends out there have an announcement, please contact us through the website or submit through StartupRadioNetwork.com, or you can also message us on Instagram at masoniamarshall. Marshall. We will help spread the news about any of your food news. I am not alone today. I have a guest, and it is Naffy Flatley of Taranga. Calling in from San Francisco. Naffy was a guest on our Meaningful Marketplace back in May of 2020. I can't believe it's been more than three years on episode 44. Naffy, I am so glad you joined me today. I want to help connect our listeners to your company via social media and your website. Can you tell me what your links are for Instagram, Facebook, and maybe your website as well?
1: Yes, absolutely. Hi, everyone. So happy to be here, to be back again after yeah. almost more than three years. Um, yeah. yeah, our Instagram is at Teranga Foods. Teranga is T-E-R-A-N-G-A, foods. Um, uh, Facebook will be at Teranga Life, and the website will be Terang-
0: www.terangafoods.com. Nice. If there are people out there that li- would like to buy your products, how would they do
1: that? Um, they can um, order from our website, actually. You know, we have e-commerce and uh, the website people can order directly. You will see a lot of our um, juices, uh, the energy bars as well. I mean, and as well as some of the hot sauces. So we have snacks drinks and hot sauces that we sell. That's uh, That's on our website. Um, right now, also currently on our website, um, if you are from San Francisco Bay
0: Area, you can over through Uber Eats to get our food delivered Whoa. to you. <laughs> Whoa, that's exciting. I'm glad to hear that. It sounds like you're you're really growing your business in lots of different directions. I do have a question for you, though. Where is the farthest away from you that you've shipped your food product? Have you shipped any to the East Coast? China is the farthest. <laughs> China. Oh my gosh. China! Tell us how you shift your product to China. That's complicated.
1: Yeah. I had a customer, they were having a conference. And so for that conference, they wanted to have in their goodie bags, some of our products in there. And because they had some conferences that they had our product here in the United States. So they wanted to expand that um, in that conference that they were, t- that was taking place in um in in china and so they ordered some of the products it i can tell you it wasn't very easy to ship products overseas let even canada was kind of hard let alone yeah. having to do yeah i went through the uh post office yeah usually. that's usually what i use and uh and then uh, put all the information in there it costs a little bit more than usual but it was it was
0: it was a fun experience to have did you use the free shipping boxes the international one or what did you ship your product in Actually, I put it in uh, my
1: own box, but the sizes had to fit exactly the same size that they have, so I can okay. mimic the same size and then uh, put and put them all in there. And the, one of the re- one of some of the requirements that they have, they insisted on for all the products to have, which I was pretty surprised how much they insisted on it was to have a expiration date on every single item, not to forget oh. to add that. And so I don't know why. Um, you know, we always have expiration date, but they just want to make sure because sometimes some expiration dates will peel off because I use stickers on some of them. Yeah. And so I guess they assume that they have done it with other businesses and then the expiration date peel off and they didn't have no way to put another one in there, I guess. But yeah, they insisted on us to make sure that the expiration date was on the on the snacks, uh, energy bar labels, and, uh, and then uh, we shipped them all in like uh, insulated boxes. So
0: that's interesting. So from those uh, products that you shipped over there, did you get any orders from China? Not well. I get
1: recurring. Um, I did get recurring uh, orders from people who went to the uh, to the uh, to the conference here oh. in the United States. Oh, and, that's cool. And, yeah, and I had um, from there on. I had actually couple other businesses who saw my product. Now I get all these emails from people asking me if I want uh goji berry because there was goji berry in one of the products. And so, uh, so I, I did, yeah, I was able to actually get some other suppliers that are oh. connecting with me. Yes. Which was that, good. I mean, I, I still cool. like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it sounds like you're doing a lot of direct sales. Mm-hmm. And you're doing online sales. What about retailers? Are you using any retailers? Yes. um right now I have
1: um, I'm at few um, grocery stores in the Bay Area in San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also a few online um, retailers like uh, good eggs. Oh, tell us about yeah. that retailer. What is that retailer? Uh, Good Eggs is this uh, online retailer that uh, people can buy their product. I mean, while well, people have their products in their platform. Yeah. And um, they are pretty much,
0: if you guys don't have it where you are, Good Eggs? I don't know. I, I'm not up on all of the newfangled platforms that are available. So I was just curious. Yeah. If so, some of yeah, our listeners wanted to check it out if it would be something that might work out for them yeah no it, so so what it is they have uh, groceries that they do. Dis- they they
1: deliver to your house so you you are a member Ooh, okay and then, uh it's like Instacart, but this one is like what that's all they do and they have all of their products on warehouses and so it's almost like a um you would say like amazon fresh you know kind of like Amazon Uh-oh. fresh but this is one is it... called good eggs
0: okay so good eggs do they you just ship them a pallet of your product and then they distribute for you Well, because they are right next door to me. They are not too far from where I am. So I just go ahead and deliver to
1: them every time they order. And they have everything Mm -hmm. in stock. And so once if they need more, they just expanded uh, a few months ago, a few months back, they expanded to L.A. in their L.A. market. And so when they order from us, they just ship ship things themselves to their other uh, locations.
0: Oh, that's like the perfect relationship, isn't it? When you don't have to worry about arranging freight. Oh God, yes, it's
1: so much better. And, and I mean, uh, my 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 refrigerated items, it's just like so much harder when you're yeah. trying to get a refrigerating uh, distributor to do that for you. It's really difficult and very challenging. But yeah, you know.
0: So, are you trying to find some other platforms like Good Eggs, or are you just going to use that one? No,
1: I'm 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 trying to expand into because nowadays a lot of people buy their product online. I mean, especially because uh, the the pandemic. You know, we're coming off the pandemic, but people, the habit that everybody has gotten, where we were all stuck at home. Everywhere, the only way you were able to get produce or food or anything was through online, and so all of these different platforms developed. Or if they didn't have those type of platforms some some you know these other retailers grocery stores had to develop something like that so they can have product available uh, online to be delivered to people and so i'm looking to see where i can find that those the same similar type of um, opportunities where i can have my product distributed through there
0: okay take us back three years were you doing this three years ago or is this something completely new for you Three years ago, no. Three years ago, what I was doing more so was, um, direct,
1: I was doing, um, I was delivering all of my product directly to the retailers, grocery stores, coffee shops, mom and pop, uh, corner stores, and farmers doing farmers market. So that's pretty much what I was doing. Um, um, when we spoke three years ago, I was approached by Good Eggs, but it took a little longer for me to finalize everything. And when the pandemic hit few things fall into the crack, but, you know, since I needed income to, to, to be able to boost the business and not just sit down one place and then do anything. So I started looking into all the contacts, all the people who are very interested into carrying my product, um, and then start hitting them up, you know, and then, so finally one of the managers at Good Eggs was so sweet and she said, yeah, I always love your product. I always buy it at the Ferry Plaza when I see it there. And so I uh, would love to have it on your platform. So we finalized the, uh, the process and then during nice. uh, the pandemic, we were able to deliver there.
0: So if you had to make some kind of comment about how much that expanded your business, would you say it was 50%, 100% increase?" Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, yeah, 50%. Yeah, definitely. I will definitely
1: say that because uh, it not only um, broaden the, uh, the the reach, like because a lot of people will call me or they'll come to the restaurant and they'll say, oh, I've had your product from Good Eggs. And I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, I recognize these bottles. Oh, this is so tasty. And then they'll buy more from just uh, seeing me eat at farmer's market or at other events, so.
0: Now, three years ago, did you also have a restaurant or is your restaurant new as well? This is a new thing. <laughs> I thought so. Can you tell us like what made you decide to have a restaurant? That's a big undertaking.
1: Yes, it is a huge thing, uh, a huge, huge job. Uh, when... Um, During the pandemic, well, before the pandemic, that was on the walks. And uh, when the pandemic hit, you know, constructions, all the delays that happened that took place with everything that was happening during uh, pre-pandemic, you know, just everything got stopped. And so we were supposed to open actually in 2019, uh, end of 2019, I think 20. But again, when that happened, everything stopped. But we couldn't wait anymore. Constructions were being um, resumed and done. And so we just said, you know, people still need to eat. People yes. still, uh, you know, people still, uh, you know, would like to, you know, go out once in a while if possible. And so we just took a leap and then uh, opened the restaurant. And uh, it's in this municipal market that's uh, in the Tenderloin in San Francisco. And uh, it has about uh, six other women uh, businesses that are all women. Uh, it's all woman owned And they are all uh, immigrant. Nice. And so, which makes it really interesting and super cool. And so, we
0: are all here uh, living the American dream. That's cool. So, tell us what um, countries are represented there at the market. Absolutely. So,
1: we have Bini, who is from Nepal. And then we have Los Cilantros. She's from Mexico. Nice. And then we have Mi Morena, also from Mexico and we have uh, a stress snack who's from el salvador wow and we have kaima which is from algeria in in, uh, uh, north africa wow and then we have tiffany who's uh, from california but she does food from uh, new orleans so kind of a type of new orleans california kind of uh, fusion type of food so
0: so is that a place where you can come and Go to the counter of the type of food you want and then go sit at a table so everyone who comes can eat something different or how does this work? So when you come in, what, how it goes is when you
1: come in, you can either go on the website and the website you can order from every everybody at the same time in one seat, okay. and then you can get different foods from everybody. Or oh. you can just go in and go to every counter and then buy your food and then go sit down with friends and family and eat all the different type of food from all around the world. In one place, you can travel in North America, North, North Africa, well, North America, meaning like the uh, Tiffany. And yeah. then you can go to West Africa, you can go to North Africa, you can go to South America in one day wow Much <laughs> did, did you put in flying out
0: <laughs> yeah you can just mm-hmm. go there and dream about going to the other countries someday so mm-hmm. um if you had a choice when you go into the shop do you pick a different country to eat or do you eat your food what is your choice what is your favorite food to eat there oh i i,
1: I always have a bit of everybody's food a lot of nice yeah it's that's, that's how spoiled you know, I feel like I'm so lucky to be in a place where, you know, you can eat food from from, from multiple uh, locations of the world. And what makes it also very particular is like all the food that people are making here is food from their childhood yes. and food that really had a very big impact in their life. And so me coming from Senegal, I've been making the different type of uh, dishes that I've been making, are dishes that I grew up eating when I was young. Mm -hmm. And, uh, dishes that my mom taught me how to make, like some of my first meals that I ever made for my family. Mm. And, and there is this other dish that I make, which is actually part of a cookbook that, uh, was, uh, that was uh, produced, um, through this, uh, through, through the, not through the marketplace itself, but through the nonprofit organization that we are part of, like to see that. And then, so what happens is in that cookbook, I, I, uh, presented the last meal that i ate before immigrating here in the united states and so all of those meals that we make here are really truly meals that really have a
0: a story in our lives so i heard you mention la casina and that's an incubator that's located in san francisco Could you just tell our listeners a little bit about la casina and how they help uh, people get started with their food businesses
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. La piscina is a, a non-profit organization that's based here in San Francisco, California. They've been around since uh, 2005, mm-hmm. and then what they do is uh, it's a kitchen incubator. Like I said, so what they do is help women immigrant um, start their own business, and then they provide you with uh, technical assistance. They, they provide you with uh, um, uh, with the commercial uh, space, you know, so you can. And make your food, which is something that's very, very hard and very challenging to find in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yes. It's, or even if you find it, it's actually very expensive. So they can yes. pretty much really, truly subsidize that and um, and then make it affordable for small businesses that are just, just starting to the be Carolina able to actually price. make it. Yes. So the uh, micro enterprise businesses to be able to kind of like really, you know, um, get a feel of how it is to start your business. And one of the great things that they do is they, they, they also help you, uh, with, uh, market opportunities. And then to do that, they have different pop-up opportunities that they can allow you to actually sell your product. And then you can see if this product is actually something that, you know, consumers would like. Yeah. yeah. And then that, that, that's a great way to either do a, um, some research, it, right? Some research, you know, to figure out uh, you know, if people like it and then what, what feedback do you get from uh from from consumers and then go back to the kitchen and make alterations if you need to, you know. And so it's a really beautiful, one of a kind nonprofit organization here in the San Francisco Bay Area, Bay Area that a lot of people actually or a lot of other cities are copying and doing yes. similar 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 things. And I'm really uh, uh happy and proud to be part of it. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I do have a question for you. So you've gone through their incubator program. They put you in this shared use restaurant kitchen. And now how long do you get to stay there? Um, we are supposed to. Okay. When you are in the program,
1: when you sign up for the program, it's supposed to last about five years, but they are. Oh. Other in, yeah. there are other incubators that have been here for more than five years. And so, I mean, there's one business here. Um, started it with uh, with the mother, and now the daughter took over. That's S3S Snack, and it's just been amazing to be you know seeing them grow and be part of uh, the incubator. And so, they've been here for uh, uh for about as long as Lap has been um, in existence, like maybe well, 15 almost. 16 years, you know, yeah, that's yeah, amazing, and then, yeah. And the mother started it way before that, and so just I'm giving that example just to say that there is no really a limit. It's just when you feel comfortable and you are ready to take your business elsewhere, then they'll help and support you to actually find a new location. So, um, but you will have to go through the process of um, the pre-incubation, incubation incubation, and graduation. And then so after you graduate, a lot of times they'll set you up and uh, connect you with uh, market opportunities, which is whether you want to open your own restaurant or you want to open your you want to still keep doing pop-ups or you want to find a
0: um, a food truck where you just, you know, sell food through different areas of the city. So um, it could be kind of scary trying to get into this kind of uh, incubator. Do you have any um, suggestions or information that you might share with somebody that might be afraid, has a good idea, but is afraid to get started? What do you recommend that they do? Don't be
1: scared. If you truly believe that what you have to offer is delicious and it's something that you have passion for and you want to share that passion with the world, don't be scared. Go for it. Make make a delicious um, sample and then take it to whomever you're supposed to present it to. And yeah. say this particular dish. I am making it, and I want to share it with the world. And I want <laughs> you to help me. And I want you to help me to share it with the world. I how, do you, I do I, how do I do that?
0: <laughs> you would be a good advertisement for La Cucina. I think that was. Oh really yeah, good. I've been,
1: I've been, I've been really promoting them my whole since I've been here. I've been with them for about nine years, and I just feel like what they are doing is really amazing. Because for me. You know, when I graduated from college, went to work for a long time. And then uh, at one point I decided that I don't want to do that anymore because I had my son. I wanted to switch uh, and change my career. I, I was lost. I, I went online trying to figure out where do I begin if I want to start my own business. Yeah. I, went to, I went to City Hall trying to figure out how can they help me. I was yeah. even more lost. And so
0: yeah.
1: having a nonprofit organization like La Cucina, you know there are other few other non profit that came uh, a lot uh, that that were born out of the 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 ideology and what La Lakusina is doing uh since then. But then just having that uh, help and support and knowing that there is an organization that's there to give you a list of things that yes. you are going to be doing and also believing in you and telling you, hey, we can help and support you. There is a way that we can. Um, guide you through going through the different steps. You don't need to pay someone a thousand dollars to write a business plan. Yeah. Just give us your ideas So how do we create a simple business idea uh, for you, a business plan for you. And then from there on, let's wor- work on your recipe. I mean, those things, it's not something that you can learn or find online. You have to actually physically sit down and talk to somebody to be able to have that happen.
0: Yeah, and that's why I brought up in the beginning when we were when I was talking about the regional food business centers. Mm-hmm. They are um, connecting all of the incubators, the shared use kitchens, the food hubs. So, if there's somebody out there listening, you're trying to figure out in your area who is. Uh, The person to help you, you can just Google food Mm -hmm. hubs in my area or shared Mm -hmm. use kitchens in my area or regional food business center in my area. And all the people are going to be connecting and working together to help um, create regional food systems. Yeah, And and also a lot of like, uh, I mean, like here in San Francisco Bay Area, we have
1: this group, uh, you know, there are different uh, Google groups that are created where, yeah. you know, you know, you can just uh, be part of and ask questions. And I mean, y- you ask a question before the end of the day, you get an answer of what you're Yeah. Asking, we, so.
0: we have a mm-hmm. Google food group here in the Portland mm-hmm. area too, and all the food entrepreneurs love it. So yeah. that's great. Yeah.
1: All yeah. right.
0: We're going to take a quick break Nafi. And when we come okay. back, we're going to talk about all of the different products you make and what the best sellers are. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of Meaningful Marketplace. With a mission to serve all Oregonians, we are committed to giving voice to those whose food and agricultural stories are not always heard. By providing access and opportunity for a more diverse and just food system, because food brings people together. Okay, everybody, we're back now. Naffy's going to tell us what her bestseller is and how many different flavors she makes. Yes.
1: So right now, um, in our juices, we the Terango Strong, which is baobab, white hibiscus, ginger, is very, very, very much liked a lot. And then the second best is the Love Portion, uh, which is uh, red hibiscus, um, mint, and baobab. And so people really like that. So that's in the juices. As far as the uh, snacks in the energy bars, the cacao, um, and it's all raw, vegan, Mm gluten-free. And uh, it's also really Uh, well-liked. Earlier this year, we just introduced a nut-free energy bar with pumpkin seeds. So Mm -hmm. that one is also, uh, you know, getting up higher in the rank uh, in the last few months since we launched it.
0: So I saw on your website, you have the Taranga sample box. Yes. Can you tell us about that sample box and how you decided to put it together?
1: Yeah. I mean, I studied a sample box um, during the pandemic, actually, um, just so people, because a lot of, when I was talking to a few people, they were telling me that they, um, they just wanted, you know, something that they can dry ingredients. That was like what people really wanted. And then, so it, I could ship this like long distance and it would have yeah. been very easy. And so you can, you can make your own tea. You know, you can also make uh, your own smoothies with the bao bao powder that's there and uh, also uh, have a taste of the energy bars. And I just I, I when I when I came up with it, it was a few friends that suggested to kind of like have a taste of different things. And then it was easy to ship, not as heavy. And then also it was like kind of a, like a. Uh, this box that could kind of support and help you during the pandemic to feel better, a wellness uh, package box kind of, oh. because the tea Hibiscus tea is full of, you know, vitamin C and antioxidants and the baobab, yeah. as we know, is a, uh, is a superfood that's full of uh, different nutrients and uh, vitamins. And, um, and then the energy bar was just a perfect snack. And, uh, and then the idea also came through the fact that, People were on Zoom almost all day, all it was the time, so especially exhausting. from work. <laughs> exhausting. And so, having these energy bars, a lot of people just told me it saved them from just getting up every single time during maybe their Zoom times. Called,
0: maybe it should be called the Zoom bar. <laughs> the Zoom bar, exactly. Yeah. Maybe hey, I should change I, it. <laughs> I should ask you can you just tell our listeners about the, I think the moringa tree you were telling me about, um, mm-hmm. our previous. Um, episode 44, can you just quickly tell about the three main products, the boa powder, the moringa leaves, and the hibiscus, and how they're traditional from your heritage? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Hibiscus grows throughout the whole
1: country in Africa. I mean, I should say maybe the whole continent of Africa, except maybe in the desert area. Um, And it's it's something that growing up as a girl, my grandmother used to always tell me that's a very good uh, uh, tea or drink to have because it regulates your blood, um, your body temperature and also gives you a lot of vitamin C. And uh, 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 Back then also at school, I remember our teachers would tell us that hibiscus was given to those that were building the pyramids in uh, Egypt to cool them down. And so that oh. was a very, very good drink that uh, not only the pharaohs, but then also the people who are working on the land and the field would have during Interesting. Uh, hot, hot season. And it helps you not only when you have a cold, it's actually a very good drink to have. Mm. Um, the moringa is uh, called the, uh, the 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 tree of, uh, I think the, it's a miracle tree. It's called the miracle tree. That's and a big tree, right? it's kind of like a bigger bush. It's pretty big. It it depends. Yeah, it depends. It's a huge, bigger bush. Some of them can be a little bit big, taller and stuff. And so, uh, the Moringa, uh, lucky enough, you can grow it in a lot of different tropical, you know, equator area in the world. Mm. And so you find it in South America, a lot in Africa. And, uh, it's, they say that it's better than kale. It's a more nutritious than even kale. Oh, yeah. And, um, and you can make juice, uh, drinks out of it. You can make a stew out of it, you know. And then you can also um, make pesto and spices and sauces with with the with the with the flowers as well. That's cool. Yes, yeah, so it's very rich and uh, very good also for uh, for your health. Um, the baobab grows from sub-Saharan Africa all the way down to Madagascar and West uh, Australia. So, these trees, they are as big as 30 people extending their arms, and then they'll go around it. And they go up to like three, four, five stories. They are huge, and they live, the oldest one is in Kenya right now, yeah. and is over 5,000 years. So, whoa, yeah, yeah. So, that's how long they live. Um, I have actually a couple in the restaurant that I planted, um, oh, uh, earlier this year, and they are still, uh, they sprouted and they're still growing. Oh, that's good.
0: I I saw you can buy the seeds from you, yeah, on your website.
1: Yeah, I tell people, don't tell the city because you tell them they're going to be like, Where are you going to be planting this? This is going to be huge. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I gave I a lot to some uh, customers that come in, and one of them told me that it's about uh, maybe twenty inches tall. The oh, one he has. I said, okay. don't, don't tell your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I always these people. And I have another customer that uh, planted it in uh, San Diego, and another one that planted it in um, in uh, Texas. And that, oh, well. that, that, that guy, I met him over at the farmer's market when I was doing farmer's market. The other one, yeah. I've met him here. And so, you know, you can plant it and, it, you know, it's going to take about 200 years before you get your first fruit. Oh, so, wow. so, so what I tell people is when you plant it, it sprouts, it starts growing. Just pick the leaves, chop, cut. And add it to anything you're eating, whether it's a smoothie or the salad. Oh, so you can harvest the leaves. Yes. And then so for something, we eat it. We eat everything. In Africa, you eat everything. Everything on that tree is very valuable and can help and support your human system. And so right now, what I'm using is the fruit from the fruit, the fruit pulp. That's what I use, and then I mm-hmm. infuse it, and I add different ingredients like, hibiscus, like tamarind, ginger, and then I make different different uh, ingredients. That's um,
0: cool.
1: Yeah, different ingredients with it. And, I mean, different products. I, I should say with okay. it. Okay. Yeah. So,
0: so a lot. It sounds like a lot of your products that you have are based on like grandma recipes. But are you? now that you're surrounded by all these different nations and different types of foods, are you feeling influenced by other flavors that other people have? Have you branched out from traditional foods and kind oh. of done some fusion work in your, in your daily kitchens? there? Um, I'm just curious. Yeah. I, I mean, you have if like, you go on
1: the website, if you go on the food part of the website, if you click on the food part of the website, you will see I that see- we have, Samosa ala yeah. nafi.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I see you have mangoes with Greek olives, and um... yep, that's
1: our mango salad. Yeah, and, so those... and 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 then we we do make tacos. Believe it or not, you make a taco.
0: what yeah, do you put do in make... your
1: taco? So the tacos, what we do, we uh, we we use a, a tortilla, and then we add the rice, mm-hmm. uh, the the peanut stew, and yeah.
0: then
1: and then we add uh, and then we make us a. a, a uh, we make also like some little, uh, uh, we could bell peppers and then cilantro and then we make these uh, uh, pickled onions and then we put it in there and so people can have it. As and you have a, a pizza. Yes, I have a pizza, which is a pizza purar and that pizza has a butternut squash spread with caramelized onions, feta. That sounds really good z- to me. Zatar and sumac dressing. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, you know, it's being surrounded by so many beautiful, talented and very just uh uh open-minded and food lovers uh, yeah I, I just I get very very inspired
0: that's just what I was wondering because you have a hot sauce right do you, yes, normally, we have, yes, do you we normally have do you normally use food. hot sauces in Senegal Senegalese oh yeah food? oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Senegalese okay. food we have a lot of hot sauce I see it, the, ha- tamarind
1: yeah. oh yeah tamarind is very big so the reason why um I mean when I first joined La Cucina yeah. Um, I I start making some meals some dishes mm-hmm. and then this person said, "Oh, what do you do with tamarind because I had the whole tamarind pot.
0: Yeah, some and people just I, crack it open and eat it. Eat it, yeah. And stuck yeah. on the seeds,
1: right? I I know it's delicious. It's the best yeah. way to get to get a lot of uh, fiber in your body for sure. Mm-hmm. And and so she uh, she said, "What am I going to do with it? How do I know tamarind?" I said, "Well, Tamarind comes from Senegal. She said, "No way." Tamarind comes from Mexico. I said, "No." Yeah. Tamarind <laughs> comes from Senegal.
0: You're and fighting I said,
1: about it. We're fighting about <laughs> it. And I said, "Well, I'll tell you why tamarind comes from Senegal." And she said, "Why?" I said, "You know the capital Senegal Dakar. Yeah, it means it means the heart, which means tamarind in the Senegalese na- national language Wolof." Wow. And
0: Does that <laughs> come from a tree or a bush? The tamarind.
1: It's the tamarind God. is also a big bush. It's a very okay. big bush. And then so I said, Well, if our capital, the French, when they came, they didn't know how to say Dakar, they say Dakar. And now we change the capital to Dakar. So where is tamarind come from? So we cracked up and laughed and joke. Yeah, that's So funny. I said, Dakar was the city of tamarind. It's like you say Oakland, the oak trees, you yeah, know, Walnut yeah, Creek, yeah. you say, you know. So yeah, so yeah, we have a lot of tamarind. So I grew I up mean, tamarind.
0: It, it probably went on that big spice. Um, oh, yeah, trade, spice trade. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And somebody absolutely. probably planted it just like you're having people plant the seeds from the tree. Baobab. Um, yeah, yeah. The baobab. So yeah, you're, Yeah, so tell us about your hot sauce, though. So you have um, tamarind, shallots, garlic, pepper. What else is in there? Yeah, so I have a Dakarua oh. hot sauce and then
1: a Dakar sauce. The Dakarua has... Um, it has a tamarind. It has bell pepper, onions, black, mm. uh, black pepper, and it also has uh, one diff- one thing that was very different. That my mom, when she would make it, everybody was just impressed. Is uh, kiwi? We add also kiwi oh, in the hot sauce. Oh, that's good for meat, right? Yes, yes. So you can use it for tenderizing. Yes, tenderizing, and then um, that's that's the one of the hot sauce, and the other one is a tamarind base. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the Dakar sauce and then the mm-hmm. dakarwa
0: has the tamarind and the kiwi as a base yeah. yeah tamarind's really good when you put it in a sauce because it's very sour mm-hmm. so it's a great mm-hmm. way to lower your ph when you're trying to make an acidified food and make it shelf stable through a Self-stable. thermal process yes so are absolutely. you are you doing a thermal process and you have shelf stable sauce then or are you just selling it fresh I'm selling it fresh
1: here in the market directly. I have not. I mean, a lot of a uh, few of the retailers that I sell the juices and energy bars are asking me that they wanted to have it in their uh, in their stores. Yeah. Um, but, but, but I haven't started the distribution yet on that because okay. I'm just doing so many different things at the same well, time.
0: That's what I was going to ask you. I noticed you have so many products. If you had to hang your hat on one of the products that you're creating, what would it be? And how are you actually manufacturing all of these different things? Do you think maybe you're doing too many things? I'm just curious if you've gotten to a point where you feel like you might want to focus on two of them instead of so many. So you have the bars, you have the juice, you have the sauce, you have spice blends, you have looks like you might have beverage yeah. yeah. And the, yeah, they just, yeah.
1: I yeah. mean, um, all of these, I didn't launch them all at the same time. You know, oh, okay. when we, when we met at the fancy food show a couple of years ago, um, that was when I started the hot sauces, but okay. I was just trying them out to see how people would like it because, you know, fancy food show is a perfect fl- place to do a focus group. Right. Yes, you know, that's so right. You know, so I took that opportunity to do that back then. But right now, really, my focus has been the juices and the energy bars, which are the two things that I launched and I started my business with. And everything else, it just comes along with having the restaurant because, you know, when the pandemic hit, you know, a lot of people want everything in package, you know, like this some of the salads we make, we package them, the hot sauces, the spice blends. People wanted uh, something that they can just buy, go home and, you know, make a uh, saute some greens. That's what the spice blend that we have, which is baobab, black pepper, turmeric and salt. You know, very easy uh, a spice mix to use and uh, have a delicious, tasty and nutritious uh, vegetables at home. Is and that so, the
0: Fulani spice blend?
1: Yes, exactly. That's the Fulani spice blend. And so, so they all came gradually. I didn't just launch them all or like kind of like waiting a month or two. They all had like a year or two in between them. And Mm -hmm. so, but still my main, and then when I run out, sometimes I'll just wait a couple of weeks before I make it or people, and I see that a couple of people are ordering it. So I'll say, okay, I'll go in the kitchen and I'll produce these. But it's, it's also, it just also kind of frameworks the the whole kind of Uh, Culture or the Senegalese culture, the African culture, I'm trying to promote because in Africa you don't eat your food just like that. You always want to have hot sauce next to it, you know. So
0: um, I do. I do have a funny question to ask you. (laughs) What is it? So, (laughs) who buys more of the love potion, men or women? (laughs) (laughs) I told you it was funny.
1: Okay. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> I don't want some of my clients to come in and say, I heard you buy more?' <laughs> Actually, men bite a lot, I especially, think, especially at farmers' market.
0: Yeah, you know they and buy it a guys lot. like red food and red juice. Yeah, and stuff. It, it so is. if they don't know which one to try, they always go for the red one. I don't yes, know why. Absolutely. So. It's Absolutely. really great that you named it love potion, but also why is it a love potion? Tell me, tell me oh. the natural history behind this drink. <laughs> oh, My husband will be giving you his own different story, but I'll give you, I'll give you the real
1: one. If you guys okay. hear, this, hear his version of it, don't believe it. Mine is the real one.
0: Okay. Um, good.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I actually, we called it love potion because that's the first juice I gave my husband when we first met
0: oh and then so that's
1: very sweet you know he got him hooked you know because like usually when i used to have friends and family come over i used to always make food from you know from senegal i would not go to a restaurant or buy things from and i always love to cook and so yeah when i made that and i had him try it he said he said this is what he tells people She's the one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Keep up to your cooking.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and then now my kids, they just love it. And so what we do, we make uh, popsicles and we make oh. ice creams.
0: Oh, as- that's pretty delicious.
1: Yeah. And then so if, you know, when you when you make it a popsicle, what I do, I kind of like grind a little bit of uh, a little bit of like hibiscus and make it powder.
0: Nice. And then and add and put it on the outside.
1: Yeah, and then put also a little bit of a beet powder, so it kind of oh. gets it a little bit more reddish. Because you know, popsicle, you want a nice vibrant colors, and then the yes, same with yes. that ice ice cream as <clears> well. And, <throat>
0: and
1: and people, kids just love it. People, kids just love it, and so kids my kids love
0: popsicles.
1: Oh God, yes, I have I have three boys, and uh, um, they just love popsicles.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, everybody loves popsicles. I do want to ask you, you know, in the last three years, what were some of the biggest challenges that you overcame? Do you think it was COVID or starting your restaurant or coming up with new products? What do you think was your biggest challenge? COVID. COVID was really rough. It was really, really, really hard.
1: Yeah. Uh, but but we said, you know, you know, yes, 2020 we're still going to open this restaurant. We're not going to wait. Yeah, We're going to yeah. have to go for it because the life continues no matter what. And we yeah. are all resilient people. We need to keep going. We still need to feed ourselves, pay bills. You know, we still yeah. need to create a community. We still need to pay uh, f- uh, uh, support our first responders. And so we use the facility to make um, meals for the homeless, for elderly homes, and then also for our first responders. And so that gave us boost and also gave us really a lot of hope that this could work if we keep doing it yeah and so we were doing more indoors but that was really really like one of the hardest thing and the second the next thing was just trying to find enough funding to be yeah. able to run to run the business and find people to work because during that time
0: everybody was still scared and nervous to go out and work Yeah, I was going to ask you about your crew. Do all of you all in your kitchen help each other when you have a big order or do you actually have people that work for you? I mean, we have people that work for
1: us. But then when we uh, in the beginning, uh, when before the um, all the food security that we were doing um, ended with the state of California or the city, Mm -hmm. as a business, as businesses, we're helping each other package all these foods, you know, another business will be kind of slow. So they'll come in the kitchen and help you package all these, put them in bags. And that just showed so much solidarity and then so much, you know, community, all of us working together because that's wonderful, you
0: know, for people. Yeah. So that was great. I think I already know the answer. It sounds like you do a lot of self-distribution still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, do you use any small delivery, um, systems in the city there? Do they have that in San Francisco? Well, we have, yeah,
1: we have like these small, like Uber Eats, Grubhub, um, you know, those we have them. Uh, I don't, I use them only through the restaurant, but as far as distribution, distributing my product, um, to retailers and, um, and then to uh, individuals that order online, I I've been I'm still doing it by myself. Before yeah. the pandemic, we were in like really a lot of different locations, more than forty different locations, and Whoa. I was crawling. I was crawling, you know. I was getting there because I was told by all of these distributors you had to be between forty five to fifty locations for them to take you, yeah, for them to take you in. So we were so close. Oh, and then the so pandemic close. hit, you know, a lot of the rest, the, a lot of the stores cut down on inventory or even if they didn't cut down on inventory, they weren't taking very many products into their shelves because people were very focused and very yeah. you narrow on what they were buying and purchasing as far as produce and products to eat at home. Yeah.
0: And now you, know, you so. said that you're not at farmers markets anymore, but, you know, you have the most beautiful farmers market at the Ferry Building. Oh, Yes. Right there. I was doing
1: that. I was. Do- I was doing. Are you it still doing it, or you're not no, doing it? Not right now. I am not doing it right now. I. Uh, I was doing like in between before the pandemic farmers market at Ferry Plaza and also at Laxpur in Marin County. Yeah. But because I have small kids, I had to stop okay, doing I that. Okay. The- and then I was doing a lot of homeschooling. Do you think then- you'll ever go back to farmers markets? Or oh, yeah, I, w- I would love to. I would love okay. to go back. It's very fun. It's a very good way to, um, to introduce new products, especially, I mean, to sell your product and to expose yourself out there. But then also it's a very good way to introduce new products, talk to people about it, get feedback from them and then, yeah. and then, and, and, and then see what they think and say, and then, um, and make connections.
0: That's very good advice. Yeah. So what are some last words of wisdom and advice that you'd like to give to your fellow food entrepreneurs? Just go
1: for it. Don't be scared. Don't be nervous. Just know that someone out there is there waiting to try your food, to try what you have to offer, to try um, this delicious meal that you've been making for not only friends and family, but then for yourself. And so just go for it. Let us, let us try it. Let us taste it. Let's, let's make this world um, a place where we can, we are, we are, we are foodies and we are ready to try different meals from all around the world. So don't be scared. Just go for it. Well said.
0: Well (laughs) said Nappy. And you know (laughs) what? I'm super proud to know you that we got to interview you three years ago and all the progress (laughs) you've made to build your business into something that you should be very proud of also. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So we're done for today and we're looking forward to putting your, um, podcast with us up on uh, your the favorite platforms out there. Yes. And I want to just thank you for sharing your story with us today and the story of your company. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was very great to always be uh, here and talk about
1: food and women entrepreneurs.
0: <laughs> yes. And I want to just give you one last thing. Um, I'd love to help you work on getting your hot sauce so that it's shelf stable so you can oh just, that would be so good i would love that yeah oh, really yeah just yeah. reach out and let me know mm-hmm. when you're ready and i'll help you get that done oh. so i'm so excited yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah, So yeah um We record Masonia Marshall every week, so you can tune in on your favorite podcast platform. I'd like to say thank you to our audio engineer, Alon and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on this show, you can submit that idea to our startupradio.com website or connect through Instagram. Until next week, bye for now. Bye. (laughs) You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen. Learn. Launch. 10%